98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. At the midway points of the Burns and Gambo show, we give you all of the top stories every day here on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station. And we are going to start with Adam Silver. Now, I'll tell you right now, this is our top story of the day, but because there was so much said today, we want to give it its own full segment and give everything in context, but it is also our top story of the day. We'll lead the reset with it, and I'm going to surprise you. Maybe you've seen this, maybe you haven't. Okay. LeBron James tweeted his thoughts today on the Sarver investigation. Did not say it. This just came down moments ago. LeBron James on Twitter, quote, Read through the Sarver stories a few times now. I got to be honest. Our league definitely got this wrong. I don't need to explain why. Y'all read the stories and decide for yourself. I said it before and I'm going to say it again. There is no place in this league for that kind of behavior. I love this league and I deeply respect our leadership, but this isn't right. There is no place for misogyny, sexism, and racism in any workplace. No matter if you own the team or play for the team. We hold our league up as an example of our values and this ain't it. And this could be very much what the league was kind of, you know, they were punted, right? And now you leave it in the hands of players and coaches and sponsors and media and fans and uh, minority owners yep. and just to see what's the reaction going to be. Like we said yesterday, like th- like this doesn't mean that that's everything's set in stone right now because there could be further, not from the NBA. The NBA has made their case. They're not going to go back and say, yeah, you know what, on second thought, we, you know, on second thought, the media reaction is just too much and LeBron's not happy with it. We're going to make it a two-year. They're done. The league has said what they're going to say, but there's others that may have a say in this. I am deeply, deeply concerned concerned that players will choose not to come to the Phoenix Suns because of this. Deeply concerned about that. And I have no evidence. I have not, you know, you're the source guy on the show, not yeah. me. I'm just kind of looking at it from a common sense 30,000 foot view. I am deeply concerned that players will choose not to come to the Phoenix Suns because of this. As far as the commissioner himself, he held a press conference today and again, we're going to get deeper into this in the next segment, so stay with us because there's a lot to play here. But he acknowledged there was no discussion on removing Robert Sarver as owner because of this. There was no discussion around the process of removing him. There was a discussion around this case. Was there a discussion about Sarver voluntarily selling the Suns and the Mercury? No. Robert Sarver and I spoke several times along the way, and I allowed the investigation to unfold. We didn't prejudge it. Okay. Again, we're going to go through more of his comments in the next segment because they demand context and and there's a lot to react to. Um, But that's the latest when it comes to that. NFL injury updates. Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker will not play Thursday with an ankle injury. The Chiefs head coach Andy Reid said he sustained due to the turf at State Farm Stadium. The Arizona Cardinals responded via a text message to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk and said the turf had plenty of time to root itself with the heat and the weather and that had nothing to do with why Harrison Butker and Trent McDuffie got hurt when Andy Reid blamed the turf for yeah. both of those. It's their cleats. Get longer cleats. Longer it, spikes. It's their cleats. Yeah. On the Chargers side of Thursday night football, because you know it's the Chiefs and the Chargers tomorrow night, wide receiver Keenan Allen's going to miss that game with a hamstring injury. Yeah, that's injury. big. Saw that. That's a big blow to them. Broncos safety Justin Simmons. He's on the injured reserve with a thigh injury. He played every snap for the Broncos defensively against Seattle. And and um, there were 11, con- and, and those are the injury updates from week one of the National Football League. In the San Jose Mercury,
Missouri News, John Wilner wrote about the Pac-12 and Amazon, noting he was told by a source that Conference Commissioner George Klyovkov is focused on digital and that maybe Amazon would be home for some of the streaming rights for Pac-12 games and their new media deal. I think something that I saw that I think could hurt the Pac-12 a little bit was that the numbers came in. The Big 12 was already doing the late time slot better than the Pac-12. The TV numbers from Baylor, BYU, Saturday night, 2.4 million viewers. ESPN's best late night Saturday game since 2016. It's not a Pac-12 game. It's a Big 12 game in the late time slot. Diamondbacks back in action tonight, taking on the L.A. Dodgers. So far, they've been outscored by the Dodgers 10 to nothing in yeah. the first two games of the series. How'd Jordan Luplo do yesterday? Uh, sure. <laughs> oh, I mean, you got to get that right-handed at bat in the lineup. I mean, it's a... Got to get him in the lineup. God. Jordan Luplo's 0 for 5 against the Dodgers. It's so in the funny. I watched that game bats. last night. I wasn't even thinking about Jordan Luplo. Jordan Luplo. Right. Yeah. 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 He's got that batting average at a robust 158 right now, but we got to get him in the lineup. We got to get that right handed bat of Jordan Luplo in the lineup. This has been all positive. We're going to hit you with the one negative. You ready? What the hell is Jordan Luplo doing playing in a game of baseball right now? Wow, uh, we couldn't put Stone Garrett out there. I know you guys, I think he DH'd, but you've got it. Jordan Luplo. Can we stop with Jordan Luplo, please? Well, he's can, not, can we just stop? He's not in the lineup tonight. Now, Nick Picoro and others reporting the Diamondbacks are calling up pitching prospect Dre Jameson. Oh, Nick yeah. is reporting he's going to make his debut on Thursday. Jody Jackson said that Jamison is here and on the D-backs taxi squad. So we might see another yeah. starter maybe expanding back. Jamison's always been rotation. a guy that had a shot to come up here. So Jamison will be the guy. They're going to stick with the six-man rotation. I had reported that last week that this is a set six-man rotation. They want to give these guys extra rest. Um, Fat wasn't going to be the guy that called up. He wasn't on a 40-man roster. But Jamison is. So Jamison, it's a lot easier to get Jamison to pitch. Zach Davies and Michael Grove, the matchup. First pitch at 640. You can all Always hear all the action right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And, of course, last night the Dodgers clinched the National League West Championship with their win. Guess what? How many years in a row is that now? For it's the... nine of the last wow. ten that they've yes, won wow. the National League West and three times that they've celebrated winning in something in Arizona since 2013. Yeah. But, and again, it's not our top story of the day, but because we want to save Adam Silver for when we have a full segment to be able to really dive in deep with that. Our final story of the day today on the 4 o'clock reset is the injury report for the Arizona Cardinals, and it is a lengthy one. Are you ready for this? Sit back. This is going to take a while. Kick your feet up. Enjoy. Get comfortable. I'll do that. Here are your DNPs on this Wednesday afternoon. Kelvin Beecham did not practice. Zach Ertz did not practice. Rodney Hudson, Andy Isabella, Rondale Moore did not practice. Jalen Thompson did not practice. J.J. Watt did not practice. Now, tell you, for Beecham and Hudson, and if you're concerned about the offensive line, their injury designation was rest. They were just given the day right, off today. Right. So yep. they'll, they won't be on this injury list tomorrow. If they are, they'll be in a limited fashion. The guys you have to worry about, Ertz with the calf did not practice. Isabella with the back Rondell Moore with the hamstring, Jalen Thompson with the toe, J.J. Watt with the calf, all did not practice. Trayvon Mullen Jr. 
the corner was limited. Justin Pugh, your left guard, was limited. Marco Wilson practiced in full. Yeah, they, they again, the Wednesday practice, you don't worry about it so much. The guys that are listed on those reports, they got to list them because they don't want to get in any trouble just in case those guys miss the game. But it's Thursday and Friday. Those are the days that determine whether the guy's going to play or not. So tomorrow, a bunch of those guys that are on the list, they're going to practice tomorrow. They're going to practice Friday, and then we'll know that they're, they're going to play. So the Wednesday list is always a little bit different than the Thursday list, but they got to put those names out there just in case those guys end up missing the game. The concerns, and I'll just say this before I mention the concerns, Zach Ertz according to Cliff Kingsbury should be a full practice tomorrow, so hopefully he's back Good. tomorrow as well. They can um, target him more than zero times in the first half? I hope. If he's out there, you might as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, he's on the field. He's one of the best receiving tight ends of the last 10-15 years. You might as well throw his way a couple yeah. times, right? The ones I'm worried about are the new guys on the list, to be honest with you. I'm worried about Jalen Thompson. I'm worried about Andy Isabella. And not that Andy Isabella had a great impact in that game. Had one catch. You're so thin at wide receiver. Yeah. And you're so thin in the secondary. Kind of hit that that feeling with Cliff's comments. The manager's waiting for week four. (laughs) You know, he's going to get guys back after week four. Once we get past week four, got a bunch of guys coming off that that inch reserve. So we got to hang in there until then. And and like I said, we we don't want to do anything drastic that could set them back. Uh, for the entire season or, or multiple games. And so you want them out there, but you want to be smart at the same time. Yeah, it's almost like you just look ahead. I'm going to get some guys back. You know, they need to get those guys back. But in the meantime, you've got the Raiders and then the Rams, and you don't want to start 0-3, and you got to win some of these games. And so, you know, you're going to have to do it without some of your key players. Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line, it's open for you right now. It's open for you throughout the entire Burns and Gambo show. You can text us at 620-620 right now. We'll read the best ones on the air when we get a chance. In case you missed it, the king has spoken. The commissioner has spoken. The question, is anything going to change because the league is now reacting to the Robert Sarver suspension? We'll talk about that coming up right here. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. This is a league where, you know, roughly 80% of our players are, are, are black. You know, more than half our coaches are black. It's, it's, um, I will say that none of them maybe are as shocked as I am living their lives that I don't think they're reading this saying, oh my God, I can't believe this happens. The one word to take away from Adam Silver's press conference today was awkward. The whole thing was awkward. I mean, if you want to use the word embarrassing, you could. If you want to use the word um, incendiary, you could use that too, because I think he really took some lighter fluid to the situation and just squirted it all over. Uh, it, it like uh, like inflamed the situation. Inflamed, okay. Yeah, it like inflamed the situation. Okay. I don't think I, I, Adam Silver didn't do. Not that we want this story to go away. I don't want anyone to get the impression that we we are rooting for this to go away because we're not. It needs to be talked about. It needs to be discussed. Adam Silver amped it up today. Like it, it was Adam Silver and his comments today made it worse. Adam Silver did not look good today. Adam Silver did not acquit himself well today in this process. And Adam Silver took a story and made it look far, far worse than it was. And it was pretty bad to begin with, with some of his comments today, none of which made any sense and all of which has really turned the attention up on the NBA and how they handled the Robert Sarver situation. Yeah, listen, I don't think there's, there's any question about it, but I think this is what the 
the NBA in many ways, this is kind of what they wanted to do. It was almost like punting. I'm going to, I'm going to punt. It's fourth and three. I'm going to punt and I'm going to put this, you know, out there for the media and the public and the fans and other players and owners and everybody else to kind of decide what to do with this. I mean, he said, I mean, his comments were, it was an incredible press conference to me because, you know, he sat there and you're listening and there were some key, key points, um, you know, where he talked about like, look, like this is as far as we were able to go with this thing. Let me play those uh, because I promised we would play these things in their full context. Adam Silver was asked a very important question by the reporter who said, look, if I do what Robert Sarver did, I'm fired. If my boss does what Robert Sarver did, he's fired. Many CEOs have been fired for less. A lot of people do what Robert Sarver did and they're getting fired. Why was he allowed to hold on to his job? There are particular rights here of someone who owns an NBA team as to some as opposed to somebody who's an employee I, I the equivalent of a 10 million dollar fine and a one year suspension I don't know how to measure that against a job but I have certain authority by virtue of this organization and that's what I exercised um, I don't have the right to take away his team. I don't want to rest on that neat legal point because, of course, there could be a process to take away someone's team in this league. It's very involved. And I ultimately made the decision that it didn't rise to that level. Didn't rise to that level to take his team away from him. And I don't have the right to do it. I don't have the right to do it. But the the, the incredible thing is that the the employees basically, like what he's basically saying is like employees are held to a different standard than the owner. 100%. Like, here's the second part because it was a long answer. And let me play it because you're right. He basically said that owning a team is different than being employed by it. To me, the consequences are severe here on Mr. Sarver. Reputationally, it's hard to even make those comparisons to somebody who commits an inappropriate act in the workplace in somewhat of an anonymous fashion versus what is a a huge public issue now around this person. So there's no neat answer here. I mean, it's other, other than owning property, the rights that come with, with, with owning an NBA team, um, you know, how that's set up within our Constitution, um, what it would take to remove that team, you know, from his control is a very involved process. And it's different than holding a job. It just is when, when, when you actually um, own a team. It's, a, it's just a very different proposition. Simply cannot get over how bad of an answer that is. I know. I, I cannot know. get over how awful the answer is to that question. But that's the reality. Of course. The reality course, is, like, you're a new, listen, you're an employee. You're making 70 grand a year. Like, you know, you do something like what I did, you're fired. I do it like, you know, well, you know, well, <laughs> You know, I, I own the team. What yeah. are you going to do to can, me? Can you imagine being an employee of that team? Who's like above the law. Works there now or used to work there. And you hear the commissioner of the NBA who basically says, yeah, you know, I could have done something. I really can't. I could have. But this didn't rise to that level. And he's just protected because he owns the team and you're not. And that's just the way it is. As true as that might be. God, it's, just, it's, it's horrendous to hear, to hear it, it right? Yeah. To hear it. It's like, oh, 
Stop it. Sure. Don't talk like that. Listen, I think that there is, I mean, this punishment on Robert Sauber, okay, which is justified. The punishment is justified. You, whether those out there believe that he should have lost his organization or not, that is, you know, for you guys to, he didn't, like he didn't, he didn't, Adam Silver said, I didn't think that it was justified to take his team away from him. But the punishment for Robert Sarver, to me, the, the $10 million fine is not that big of a deal because the guy's worth like $800 million. I mean, it's, it hurts. It's $10 million. Um, so to say it doesn't hurt is still silly. It's $10 million. Um, the year being away from the team, that hurts. But nothing hurts more than the damage to your reputation, the way people view you now. Like, this will never go away. Like, this is a stain that you've got to carry with you. Now, you could work very, very hard to, like, just take the, just Tom Brenneman with what he said with the Reds broadcast. Like, you know, he's almost, I don't know that he'll ever get another job broadcasting again, like in Major League Baseball. It cost him his job for what he said on a hot mic. So I think that the damage to Robert, the biggest damage is just the reputation. The hit, the embarrassment of people thinking, even though you, you you know, Robert's, you know, uh, you know, and even in the report said, look, Robert's not a racist. He was trying to make comments, but we they the report didn't deem that he was a racist the way Donald Sterling was. But the fact that Robert's got to live with the the reality that people think he is Mm -hmm. people are going to think that you are. Um, and with the comments that you made, that like he's like that's the damage to yeah. me, the reputation. I, I I don't disagree with that. I I, I the ten million dollar fine. You know, look, I, I'm not in Robert Sarver's you know personal finances. I, I he can he can do he can handle that just fine. That's number one. Number two, the year away from the team. I talked about this yesterday. I believe that's fairly insignificant because I still believe any major decision is going to be run past Robert. It, it's that's just it's going to be off the record, you know, it's going to be on the slide, but there's no way they're making a major transaction without running by the owner first. So he's still basically running the ship over there. I do agree that the damage to his reputation is the most significant thing here. It's irreversible. And, and I am deeply, and I'll continue to say this, I am deeply concerned that as long as he is the owner of the Phoenix Suns, players will not want to play here. And people will choose to not want to come here. And that is where if you're a minority owner of the team or if you're a sponsor of the team, you have to think long and hard about how you're going to handle this now because I think there's at least a possibility that that is a ramification of this. I I understand what you're saying. I don't think that will be the case, but I don't know because I think that there is a structure involved with James Jones and Monty that is real strong. Look, we want you to come play here with Chris, with Devin. You're going to play for Monty. They're not going to have any interaction with the owner. Um, Whatever you may think about him, I do think that there is a structure in place from James on down that is a very strong structure that may be able to overcome that. Maybe. Now, there may, listen, there may be a player or two or three or four that, this, that, that you know, don't, I don't know that, but I do think that the structure that's in place now would, I, I think it's less likely that that happens. I, that's just my opinion. I, 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 and I respect your opinion and I hope you're right. I fear that Robert Sarver's presence will just be too strong and I'm going to again cite, if you missed it at the top of this hour, the LeBron James tweet that came out about 15 minutes ago. Quote, 
read through the Sarver story a few times now. I got to be honest. Our league definitely got this wrong. I don't need to explain why. Y'all read the stories. Y'all read the stories and decide for yourself. I said it before. and I'm going to say it again. There's no place in this league for that kind of behavior. I love this league and I deeply respect our leadership, but this isn't right. There's no place for misogyny, sexism, and racism in any workplace. Don't matter if you own the team or play for the team. We hold our league up as an example of our values and this ain't it, close quote. I think LeBron James speaks for a lot of players. I think he thinks for a lot of players. I think he represents a lot of players in this league, even in a de facto kind of sense. That's a really, really strong indictment of a league that he loves and a decision they made. And as we've talked about many times, I don't think this is over. I don't think this is over by a long shot. I think Adam Silver, not so deftly, rather awkwardly today, kind of turn this situation over to the players and to the minority owners and to the sponsors. Yeah. You know, like, okay, we've done everything we can do here. What are y'all going to do about and this I'm now? Talk about that in this next segment of things that, you know, things that I've heard in my contacts with people, you know, just, are, you know, around the league, just trying to get a gauge for, you know, where does this go from here? When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Where does this go from here and how legal does this get? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Got the whole crew here on this Wednesday afternoon. Mitch Bereldis, our producer. Eric Ruby, our afternoon contributor and update guy. John Gamadoro, me, Dave Burns, here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We are the Burns and Gambo Show. And it's 4.30. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Got for us today, We've Roots. got options. Options today, Burnsy. Let's go with the original one, then we'll go to the one that we added for our second. Oh, that's right. We added one. I forgot we about that. We did add okay. one on the fly, courtesy of a little over-under action. But first, the Cardinals, they uh, the roster looks like they could need some help. But do any of these free agents that are on the market right now even make the Cardinals better? You've got two options. Yes, just sign somebody already and no it's already too late i voted no but i do think that there's i mean i might have changed my opinion it might be one or two that could the majority of guys out there i would say cannot help them but there might be a couple that could i voted yes it's it's never too late go out and sign a guy and honestly the the reason why i voted that way was rasul douglas cardinals cut him midway through last year the packers picked him up and he ended up being a very impactful midseason acquisition for them i I think you're going to have to try on a lot of pairs of shoes before you find one that fits i'm not making it sound like it's going to be easy hey just go out there and get a guy he'll make you better but they're out out there, you just you got to start bringing them in. At you some just point. you got to try. You, you, you got to try. So put me down for yes. There's somebody out there who can make you better. Yeah, it's an overwhelming majority. Lots of different names in the comments as well. But 73.7 percent say sign somebody asap. 26.3 percent say it's already too late. But this one, this one, much closer. Burnsy set the over under for Chandler Jones sacks this Sunday at one and a half. Are you taking the over or the under when the veteran faces his former team? Under. Over. 
Ooh. Do I smell a, a lunch bat? No, I don't feel that confident in it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the I'm on on DJ Humphreys. <laughs> Let's go, DJ. No, Shut no, him down. No you know every bat. move he makes. But I got the over. What's our audience? All right, you guys one? are split. So is our audience. But edging away, 52.3% are taking the over. 47.7% taking the under. Well, that's a 50-50. I, I feel mm. like I said a good line. Mm. Yeah. Well, we got a nice little 50-50 split. You, like you that. usually do. That. Yeah, I did it with Andy Isabella, but that's because it was Andy Isabella. I, yeah. I, it, that question should have been last week about Greg Dortch filling in for Rondell Moore. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate that. Both of those poll questions can be found on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Shut Chandler Jones out. <laughs> Shut him out. Let's go back to our top story yeah. in Adam Silver's comments today. And uh, something we, we need to talk about, and that is from a legal standpoint, there. Well, I'll just let you tell everybody kind of what you found well, out I, talking I, you know, around listen, the league today. You know, and that's, you know, sometimes, you know, that story comes out. I, I try to explain this to people on Twitter, too, like in messages. You know, a story comes out, you know, you, you, it's just right before the show starts. You have a certain amount of time to read it and get, you know, I, I like the ability to talk to people, gather information, see what's going to go on. And one of the things that I found out talking to several people in the league, uh, you know, higher ups in the league in the NBA, is that, you know, based on some of those conversations, there is speculation that the NBA did not want a legal battle with Robert Sarver. It did not believe it could win a legal battle with him. So they put the report out there to kind of allow it to run its course, you know, and now it will run its course. You'll see, you know, do, do the spot is there sponsor reaction? Is there minority owners reaction? Is there player reaction, fan reaction, media reaction? I mean, you know, you put it out there, but I do, from what I heard, the speculation that I've got from speaking to the people in the NBA that I did is that they, they did not feel that they could win a legal battle, that they did not want to go that route. Now, could be many reasons, right? I mean, you know, you one, you could lose the legal battle. Um, second, it, you know, does it open up a Pandora's box? Do you, do you open up yourself? Because you may not have been able to pass a vote with the other owners because there may be other owners that have skeletons in their closet and would be like, hey, I don't, let's just let, let, let's let this, leave it the way it is. And that way nobody else gets called out. When the league kicked out Donald Sterling, do you know who stood up? Up in his defense, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, and not because he supported what Donald Sterling did, but because he had recognized we start doing this with him. Who knows who they're coming for next, yeah. right? Who knows what skeleton they're going to find? Who knows what they're going to go digging around in? And Cuban back then was like, yeah, I'm not so sure it's a good idea that we do this. And I think I think you're right. Eric, you were going to chime well, in with the, something? The, and then the Mavs had some organizational problems, did they oh, a not? A couple years far, ago. Yeah, like yeah. A, couple, a couple years yeah, later. I believe sex discrimination yeah, or harassment in the workplace, yeah. something along those lines. And they, you know, they had to deal with that. And I think there were some changeovers in their front office because of that. But yeah, Mark Cuban with the Donald Sterling situation. I, I think you're so spot on with this. I, I think and the, the key word of the day in this one is discovery. And I'm not talking about the app that my wife watches every single night when we go to bed. Oh, that's where I get my House Hunters International. House Hunters International. Five ninety nine a month. I pay for that bad boy. Good bones. Good bones. Risky business. Trust me, she watches them all. No, I'm not talking about that kind of discovery. I'm talking about the legal term discovery. Yahoo Sports 
quote, the next step likely would have been litigation from Sarver's side if they had kicked him out, followed by discovery. Discovery opens everyone's doors and everyone's closets for public scrutiny. Discovery was the invisible weapon Colin Kaepernick wielded in his lawsuit against the NFL led to a settlement. Discovery was the not-so-friendly fire that caught John Gruden between the eyes in those emails from years ago. You file a lawsuit... And now you're digging around under every rock, in every closet, yeah. under every skeleton And bones. he's been an owner for 18 years. What does he know about what other people do? You're going to kick me out for this? I know owners that have done worse. Yep. You know, like, what? You know, you had, how do you know what I have? Uh, you know, so I think that's something that they were probably uh, afraid of. Look, I, you know, Silver said, I didn't, I didn't have the ability to take this franchise away from him. And he basically said he didn't do anything that would justify me taking this franchise away from him. So, but there are a lot of people that feel like the punishment didn't go far enough. Yeah, it was there. It was, was there a middle ground? Could there have been something that was more than what it is, but less than taking the franchise away? I don't know. But I don't believe that they that I don't believe that they would have won a lawsuit against him. If and I don't believe that they would have had seventy five percent of the owners that would, that agreed to kick him out. And that's just where I was going to go when I heard Silver say I didn't have the authority to kick him out. What I heard was I didn't have the votes. I didn't have the votes. I didn't. Right. Have, I didn't have the votes to get him out. Yeah, like, like a like a president who knows not to send a bill to Congress because he knows he doesn't have the votes. Right. Adam Silver didn't have the votes. That's a good and, way of looking and, at and it. He didn't, he didn't, and he knew it. And he knew it. And so when he says I didn't have the authority, oh, you had the authority if you had the votes, but you didn't have them because the league didn't want to go down there. And and to your point, and I think you're so right on by. Putting this out there, putting the investigation out there, even with the awkward press conference today, man, we're already starting to see it. LeBron James took a blowtorch to the league for how they've handled Robert Sarver. There will be others, I think, who will speak out. How do the sponsors and the players and the minority owners, how do they do with this? And there's an enormous amount of pressure. And and I believe, as badly as I want to hear from Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Monty Williams on James Jones on this topic, as much as I want to hear from them, I do think it's slightly unfair to expect them to carry the burden of, okay, it's on you. It's on you. You've, you've, you know, Chris, last time this happened with Donald Sterling, there were reports you were threatening to boycott to play for him. I don't want to ask Chris Paul if he's willing to do that in this situation, right? It seems unfair to put that burden there on be, him. You listen, if nothing is said by those guys, we just got a thing. We just got a, me, a, a memo the other day. What is the what is the uh, media day for the Suns? Not too far away. Well, like two weeks away, right? Right. Twenty six. So it's, it's a Monday. Suns media day. Suns to hold. There it is. Suns to hold media Monday, September twenty sixth. What's today? Fourteenth. Fourteenth. In twelve days. In twelve days, the Suns will be holding media day. Hmm. Okay. Tw- that this isn't four weeks. In twelve days. There will be Suns players that will be asked about this. How do they respond? What do they say? What do they do? I'm no, I'm sure if I'm James Jones and I'm Monty Williams, I want to I want to have a conversation with my players. I want to give them the ability to speak freely and openly, but you know, I want to have that conversation with them too. You know, have a united strong front. I mean, we're an organization and we've got goals that that we can reach. We, you know, no matter what's happened yeah. as an organization, we still are united in our goal to try and win an NBA championship right now, no matter what distractions are going on around us. All that being said, I, I, I will say this. I was very disappointed in Adam Silver and how he handled it today. Adam Silver had always been a commissioner 
for the people, it felt like. The anti-David Stern, the anti-Roger Goodell, the anti-Rob Manfred. He sounded like a lawyer today. He sounded like a stereotypical commissioner out there to take the slings and the arrows so the owners didn't have to. And it was very disappointing. Because normally, I, Adam Silver has... What do, you think he, what, do you, what do you think he could have done differently? I, you know... I, I'm curious because I just like I, I mean he was you know I he said he basically said I didn't have the right to take this guy's franchise away from him I, I didn't did, have the right to do that the line about how if you work for an NBA franchise there's a different set of oh, standards was, than if you own an NBA franchise but he, like, he would have said stuff but, that gets in, it's yeah. like come on man there's got to be a better way for you to say it than that. All, it's the truth. I, as as much as truth. it might, there's got to be a better way for you to say that. Because what you basically said was, man, blank check, whatever he wants to do, he can do. But I think he said, listen, in the future, man, we've got to be able to hold everybody accountable. Wow. Whether you're whether you're the janitor or the owner, you've got to be held to the same standards. And I know we're late for a break, but our buddy Kevin Pelton on Twitter said, if 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 Adam Silver is going to say that, that the owners just have a different set of standards than the employees, yeah. then they have to be very careful about who they let own NBA franchises. They have to vet these guys a little bit better. If that if that's really the case, if you're going to say, man, there's just only so much we can do with an owner as opposed to just firing an employee, then you better be real careful about who you let be an owner in the NBA if you can't just let them go when you want to. You know, and I understand what you're saying. You're right. You're right. He's right when he says that. But, man, the way he said it was awful. It was awful. And it sounded lawyerly. It sounded like a typical commissioner doing typical commissioner things. And Adam Silver had always been better than that. I thought, always better than that. He's backwards against the wall. He didn't have a lot of leverage there. All right, when we come back, there's an important divisional matchup this weekend. It could drastically change the outlook for the division and for the Cardinals this season. We'll tell you why next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. All right, turning our attention to lighter fare than Robert Sarver, Adam Silver, and the mess with the Phoenix Suns right now. I was not aware, going into week two of the NFL season, okay. uh, that the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers were playing there it each is. other this weekend. I and know the it. 49ers go, oh, I'm rooting for Seattle. I don't think so. I'm rooting for Seattle. Knock those Forty oh, ers down one thousand percent. Yeah, absolutely. Because I because I know at the end of the day Seattle's not that good. Right, right. Like where San Francisco could be good. I don't know if their quarterback is or not. But yeah, put put oh, bury San Francisco as far behind the eight balls you possibly yeah. can if you're Seattle. Absolutely. Just reading the story. Jimmy Garoppolo will replace Trey Lance as starting quarterback. Sean Payton says. You know, the speculation's out there. Like, what a big game for Trey Lance against Seattle. Sky high. They just had a big win, a huge win against Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Geno Smith played well. The defense came up with big plays. Now you get Trey Lance in San Francisco. You win this game, you're 2-0. And Trey Lance starts off 0-2. Man, you don't have to wait. You Forget this whole thing about having, you know, we got to have Trey's back. Baloney, okay? You start off 0-2. There's not having anybody's back. That team's got to aspirations to win a Super Bowl, and if they realize that Trey Lance can't take him there, they're going to want Jimmy Garoppolo now. Not in week six, but now. There was a story on ESPN.com. Bill Barnwell wrote it in which he talked about the contenders, which contenders should be worried after week one. Yeah. Boy, he wrote a lot about the San Francisco Okay, 49ers. because who had a worse loss? To, they lost to the Bears. They lost to the Bears. They lost to the I, Bears. I don't, I don't know if any contender had a worse Rams loss than lost they did. to Buffalo. Okay. Raiders lost to the Chargers. Okay. Cardinals lost to Kansas City. Like, okay. 
okay. Packers lost to the Vikings. Packers lost to the okay, Vikings. you know. You lost to the Bears. Yeah, I know. It's like the Bears are terrible. <laughs> like they're awful. Like you like you can't justify that to me. That's a stunning loss to the Chicago Bears. And of course, most of what he wrote about was Trey Lance and and how he. And yes, the weather was a factor. Yeah, the rain was a problem. Boy, he really struggled. Here's all the reasons why he struggled. His form didn't look very good. His all of it. And it was this incredibly in depth look at just how awful he looked. And then he even got in the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Like, man, I would have thought the Cowboys might have wanted to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Not now. Not now. Not after that. If I'm San Francisco, I'm holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo tight, real yeah. tight, because I might need him. I don't care who gets hurt around the league. We don't even know if he'd waive his no trade clause to go anywhere else anyway. But if I'm San Francisco, I ain't trading Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm holding on to him because I need Trey Lance insurance big time. And then, can you about the other thing is what about your future? What if you bench Lance to go to Garoppolo, which we all think is going to happen at some point? What the hell does that do to that kid's psyche? And your future is like, I mean, do you really think that Trey Lance is the future quarterback of the 49ers if you're going to bench him for Jimmy Garoppolo now? Give up three first round picks for him? Oof. Well, listen, I always say the, the most important thing you got to do is move on from your mistakes quickly. Yeah. Meantime, Seattle, who is playing San Francisco, boy, they are really thumping their chest over what happened on Monday night. Pete Carroll was on uh, 710 ESPN Radio in Seattle, our sister station up there, home of the Brock and Sock Show. The Brock and Sock Show. Did they respond to you, by the way? Didn't you? Didn't you tweet them? Oh, I was going to. I never did. Oh, I you never, never did. did. Okay, our friends yeah. uh, Brock uh, Heward and Mike Salk up yes. there reunited together again in Seattle. Our frenemies, if you will, in this radio business. It's good to see them back. I look forward to having them on when uh, the Cardinals play Seattle. Carol was on their radio station, and he was asked about Richard Sherman, Marshawn Lynch, Doug Baldwin, Cliff Averill, KJ Wright, all being at the game, raising the twelve flag before the game started. When asked why that win meant so much to the former players, Pete Carroll said, and I quote, you figure that out. It was really meaningful and they really wanted it. The game isn't about an individual player here or there. It's about team. This is the ultimate team sport and it's been stated so many times before. It takes everybody. So sometimes when so much focus goes, it just rubs guys wrong, I guess, or whatever. Those guys showed up because they wanted to see the star, Russell Wilson, have it handed to him. It's time for you. You get yours now. We, we want around here because of us, not because of you. And that's what Carol basically said without saying it. Has there ever been an instance in all your time here in Arizona where there was a feeling like that? When somebody of that magnitude left... Did you do you remember rooting against Barkley when he was on the Rockets? Oh, very much so. I okay. was very mad at Charles Barkley. Very. Right. Did they boo him in Phoenix? Can't recall. Okay. I'm sure I was there. I can't recall. Um I was I was but it was divided. There are some people who are like, Yeah, you get him, Chuck. Yeah, you tell him. They shouldn't have traded Dan. They shouldn't have busted apart that team. They did you dirty, Chuck. Yeah. What you said, not me. I was like, Come on, Chuck. Be better. Rise above. Don't go calling out Jerry like that on national TV. Halftime game, one of the NBA finals to try and get traded. That's beneath you. Don't do that. I was pissed at him for years about that. Not that he cares what I think about him, but when, as, a, as when, a fan, I was mad. When Jake Plummer went to the Broncos, that was like, that wasn't because, I mean, the Cardinals didn't want him. Yeah. That that one, but, that wasn't like he, he wanted to get out of here. The Cardinals just didn't want him anymore, When right? we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, was Robert Sarver's apology good enough? 
Then the follow-up question is, good enough for what? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.